G'day, how's it going everyone? Welcome back to the Back Pocket Podcast. Chills, you're going to open us up with the uh, Instagram questions for this week? Yep, we'll start off. Um, how good is West Coast going to be this year? Obviously, you know, Thorny and I have done our ladder predictions already. We have, I have mine, well, I have mine in, in the top four. Um, so, you know. Yeah, you know, I've got him as second, so. Yeah, so, you know. So, I, I think it's time for Harps and Jack's ladder predictions, or at least their opinions on West Coast. Yeah, let's get into it. So, West Coast, I've got them at the top of the ladder. I've got them winning the premiership as well. But um, I. Well, a bit early for that. <laughs> I know, but I've just. When I was doing my ladder predictions, I was just thinking about it, and I thought. I've got them winning the Premiership. Right. That's, that's how good I think West Coast can be this year. But going into the rest of my ladder prediction, we'll start from the bottom. Well, Adelaide coming in 18. Um, Gold Coast, Fremantle, Carlton, bottom four. Then Essendon, Melbourne at 13. Chills, you had them last, last week. I was I'm I not did. sure about that. Anyway, I've got them improving just a little bit. Um, Sydney at 12, Port at 11. North and Saints just missing out in the finals. I feel like um, that's going to be a bit, that's going to be tough in there. Um, then the top eight, Hawks sneaking into the eight this year. Uh, GWS dropping out of the four. Brisbane dropping out of the four. Bulldogs going into fifth, almost in that top four. But I think the top four teams this year, Collingwood, Geelong, Richmond, West Coast. It's, as I said last week, from that 14, 12 to that six range, it's super competitive this year. And I think it's competitive throughout the whole board, but especially in that gap, there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, fluctuations that could happen. I've got questions for you. Sure, go. Geelong third? Yeah. Well, Geelong obviously Don't... finished first last year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And what have they really done to improve this year that keep them around the mark? I just I feel like they can't they can't drop off that much. They've still got a great list. They've still got, you know, really good players. Dangerfield, Blitzars, Tom Hawkins is still, you know... Um, yeah, no, I just see them still up in that top four. How about Melbourne? So, Chills had them 18th last week, and mm-hmm. you've got them at 13. Yep. What are you putting their improvement down to? Um, I feel like this last year, it was just a... They had the hype of getting in that prelim, then they lost... Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, they did get in the prelim. Yes, yeah, then they did get in the prelim. Yeah, they got absolutely destroyed in the prelim final. Um, they finished top four, and... <laughs> I just feel like last year, I don't know, it was just really, really weird how they just went to 16th. So I can't see them doing that again. Um, but again, I can't see them making a massive jump. So just getting up a little bit, there are a lot of their teams definitely that are worse than them in the competition. So And, yeah. and also one more, Freo yeah. in 16th. You got... Freo's, yeah, no. Yeah, you got um, obviously Carlton and Essendon above them. Yeah, you, I do. You think Freo aren't, aren't good this year? No, I don't. Um, I just don't see... Well, Jesse Hogan's obviously still, you know, he's don't know if he's going to get to the park yeah, this year. I don't think he will. Um, but yeah. The midfield support around Fife, I don't think is great. I don't think he's got much depth around him. And one man can't carry a side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so again, as I said before, it's really competitive. And if you just don't have that depth that other teams do in the competition, I can't see them winning many games. Mm-hmm. And Jackie Boy, what do you got? Yeah, so I'll start from the bottom and I'll talk about Eagles at the end. So I've got Melbourne finishing last, then we've got Gold Coast at 17th, Adelaide at 16th, North at 15th, rounding out the bottom four. Then I see Carlton as improvers, Port, St Kilda, Fremantle, Essendon and Sydney. And then getting into the eight, I see Hawthorne making it this year, Brisbane dropping down to seven. 
Geelong and Bulldogs finishing sixth and fifth. And then the top four, Giants, Richmond, Collingwood, Eagles. All right, so I'm a North supporter, Jackie. I've triggered your fawning. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I just think, uh, what do you think, I don't personally think that North's going to make the eight, but what do you think makes them bad enough to be 15th, especially coming off a year where uh, they fired their coach and by the end of the second half of the season showed massive improvement? Um, what makes them so bad? Because I don't really see a specific area on the ground that they're bad at. Well, I think for me, it wasn't necessarily what North can't do, but what I saw as improvement in the teams around them. And when you talk about getting a new coach in, Reese obviously did a great job with North last year. But I don't know if going into a new season, I'm assuming there's things that he wants to develop at the club and new systems. And I think that it might take a year to sit a bit lower on the ladder, get his um, morals instilled into the playing group. And then from 2021 onwards, then we'll see the great development in Reese Shaw's North Melbourne. Yeah, well, honestly, if I have to take that, you know, it means we're getting two top five draft picks in that sort of scenario. So, but also you've gone the same route as Chills and gone Melbourne 18th. What's your reasoning for that? I, similarly to North, I just don't see um, great improvement in Melbourne and I don't think Melbourne can um, really rise from the bottom above teams like Gold Coast and Carlton that we saw promising signs from um, last year under new management. Um, I think Melbourne is stuck in a bit of a pattern of sort of holding on to the hope of a couple of years ago where they were very promising and made a prelim. And I think this year is a year where they need to wake up at Melbourne and see that things will go wrong. And then from 2020 onwards, they'll um, start renovating. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question for you about Fremantle. So Chills asked me about why I had Fremantle so low. Um, you had Fremantle at 11, 11 I think. Yeah, yeah. 11. Um, do you, well, what do you think? What, what are you saying differently than I am? Well, uh, I think my big selling point for Fremantle is the ability of Nat Five. Um, I think he's obviously a very accomplished player, obviously winning the Brownlow last year. And as much as, you know, there are 22 players that go out on game day, I think Nat Five is um, a big contributor for Frio. Um, I also like the way they move the ball from defensive 50, and I think it's indicative of the way that the game um, is played these days. Yeah. And I think Fremantle can jump up a little bit higher this year and pick off some big scalps. So that's where I've got them sitting. And also just Sydney ninth. Yes. Yeah, just a bit of, bit of reasoning on that, on that decision. I, I just still think that Sydney have... Um, way too good a list with some of the best players in the competition. I don't understand why they've dropped off in pre- re- previous years. Um, yeah, go. Do you think their midfield's just a little bit, is getting on a little bit, like a bit older? You know, they rely very heavily on Josh Kennedy. It, it is. No, and I, and I agree with that. But they are the greats in their side. And we do see players like Callum Mills and Isaac Heaney getting into the prime of their careers. And they'll start to get time in this midfield as well. Bring a bit of youth and bring a bit of fire to Sydney in 2020. Yeah, and uh, as we said last week, those our ladder predictions will be on the Instagram page in the next few days. Uh, the Back Pocket Podcast Instagram page, go follow it. Chills, second question. Um, we got the value of the Marsh series. Yeah, so we look at a team like Sydney. They went 0-2 and they got smacked, especially in that first game by the Giants. 
Um, it's the sort of thing you see lots of upsets in the Marsh series. Uh, so you, it doesn't necessarily correlate, but Harps, what do you reckon is that value on the Marsh series? Uh, I don't. I feel like it's very valuable um, for the players to get match fitness, match awareness back after a big pre, uh, after a big time off the game. Looking at it from a ladder point of view, I don't see. I don't think you can make a prediction of the series from the ladder that we've seen the much. So we've got uh, JOS at the top. You know that's fair enough. Um, but Gold Coast, Melbourne's second, third, and the Fremantle fourth. I don't know how that how like that. Um, but then you look at Carlton and Carlton in particular. They got smashed in both their games. And yeah, I don't see them doing too well, but. I don't know. I just feel like it's very hit and miss. Some games you can see, and that's going to be a clear representation of the year. Other games are obviously not. I well, you know, you look at some of the winless teams. You know, Carlton didn't win a game. I think you know they they really needed to. You know, um, you know, obviously not a great season last year, and you know, you know, brought in a couple of players, but still not performing. Yeah, and also yeah. So I just think they. A win for them would have been all right. Um, Adelaide as well, coming off you know the you know the stuff that happened up there in South Australia. Um, I think they were pretty desperate for a win, considering they sat their coach. Yeah, when you say they're desperate for a win, I think it's all about building a winning culture around the fans and around the playing group. It's so important to just from that's why I play such a high importance on the round one game. Getting a win in round one is so important just to build that confidence. Among the playing group. And I think that's where, if we hone in on the question, look at the value, particularly of the Marsh um, series. Yeah. It's not necessarily about us predicting what's going to happen in the in the um, AFL this year, but more so for the clubs that need that win and need that boost of confidence going into the season. But, but then again, you know, you look at teams like Hawthorne, West Coast, Richmond, even Geelong, all didn't get a win either. Yeah. And, you know, all of us have them, you know, have it like around about the top eight. Yeah. So, you know, you can just sort of both ways. I think it's your position on where you finished the previous year that also impacts how important the Marsh series really is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, just like where your club is at, like Gold Coast, it's a really important place where they can, you know, they've played a different style. You can implement, you know, that different style. And like Jack said, with Reese Shaw and North... Uh, we only got the one win, but uh, if you can start building the style uh, and the game plan that you want to play, then it is an important uh, stepping stone into the season. And especially when you have guys who aren't really as fit. So you're looking at teams as well, like Sydney, Frio, who could be around about that 6 to 14 range, that it will rely on their injuries on the, yeah. to their big players uh, where they finish. In Essendon with their in this amount of surgeries, what was it, 14, 15, yeah, 15 like and they point. went undefeated, so. Yeah. Um, Especially if there's questions about their culture, you know, having some wins back-to-back and against reasonable sides, it, it, it does do at least something going into the season. And I don't think any of us had them in our eight. No. Oh, Who's this? Essendon. Essendon, no. no. But I'll tell you what, and I had them reasonably low. I'll tell you what, they are a team that year after year, you know, the supporters say they disappoint, but when you actually look at their list and then what they do, yeah. they just get around about the mark. Yeah. Mediocrity's been a thing with those guys for a few years now. 
Yeah. But to a certain extent, it's mediocrity compared to their high expectations. Yeah. And I think that comes with being such a big club and such a big supporter base. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at the other end of the spectrum, you talk about teams that got went two from two. You talk about the Saints, obviously, you know, five big ins. Yeah, that's very happy um, that. Yeah, obviously, yeah, Harps, mate, would have loved the... No, I just like saying, like, as as I said, the wins don't really matter for me. It's just, as Thorny said, talking about the style of play that I want to see, that we want to see implemented as fans, I just, I liked what I saw. I liked what Brett Ratton brought to the table. I liked what any recruits brought to the table. Yeah, just... Yeah, well, the meshing of your recruits would have been really the yeah. big thing because they were actually the players, I reckon, that played the best for you. Yeah. Especially someone like Bradley Hill, it's key for him to um, fit a mould in your side and be comfortable with who he's got in front of him and how he's getting the ball from the inside midfielders and he looked very comfortable in the red, black and white. Yeah, and then other teams like Melbourne. Obviously, you know, Jack and I had us both... Had them both at 18, sorry. So, uh, you know, obviously then that would give them some confidence going into into what they hope would be a, a successful season. Obviously, Jack and I don't see them improving. But and I don't hope that happens either, because yeah. I'm a top five pick. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then you talk about other teams, like obviously GWS, you know, coming off a pretty pretty poor performance in the grand final, also grabbing two wins as well. Yeah. Uh, got a question? Yeah. Um, the coronavirus. Now, this obviously has affected... Affected us also in our lives. You just talk about, you know, school. Not I've, yet, but not not as of now, as of recording, not yet. But who knows? Yeah, who, yeah, who, who knows, knows what will happen? happen. Um, obviously, our health, you know, the health of our families and all that. But you can talk about. Yeah, just we'll start with the. I reckon we'll start with the NBA. They the they NBA. were they were the first to to call off games. Uh, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, so you know, it started with the Warriors deciding not to. Not to play games before, you know, Rudy Gobert and um, what Rudy Gobert happened there and Donovan Mitchell. I'll just stop you right there about the Rudy Gobert. I think this leads perfectly into Jackie Boy's segment that we de- had its debut last week. So, Jack, do you take us through your um, sports, what do we call it? Jack- Jack's performance of the week. Jack's performance um, of the week. Who yeah, this week. The man of the moment this week. Everyone's talking about him for. Mainly bad, but I just want to acknowledge his efforts and congratulate him with the NBA Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, and uh, this year, I'm giving it to Rudy Gobert. So I feel like he's um, sort of stopped all the shots in the rest of the NBA season. So I think he's well deserved, well deserved recipient of the NBA Defensive Player of the Year award. And Jack's performance of the week on <laughs> More importantly, you yeah, know what, what bears more weight. Um, no, so that's a <laughs> nice little <laughs> pun there, Jack, I guess. <laughs> so I'm very happy to be handing it over to Ru- Rudy this week. Chill <laughs> uh, back to what you were yeah. saying. Uh, so you, obviously, you know, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, obviously when it was announced that he um, tested positive for the coronavirus right before the Jazz were actually supposed to play Oklahoma City, um, obviously, you know, for the health of the players and staff and all that, they had to postpone, well... In time, had to postpone that, and then obviously ended up cancelling. Um, obviously, the whole whole season. Yeah, the league owners want the commissioner, so Adam, um, Adam Silver, Silver, yeah, to reevaluate the situation after thirty days. So I feel like that 
it just um, suggests that the NBA will be postponed for the next 30 days at least. Yeah, well, hopefully it comes back. Obviously, you know, if the whole season was to be a write-off, you know, you talk about some of the successful teams like Milwaukee and obviously LeBron and the Lakers, you know, like, who knows if they'll get the same, like, the same opportunities that they've got. Who knows that they'll be the be a successful yeah there's also the magnitude of um, the economic effect on america and the nba is it's a massive industry for them over there yeah so other sports we look at though so we obviously look at the start of the afl season coming up next week which i'm very excited about yeah um that is being played behind closed doors afw as well the cricket was meant to be played behind behind closed doors that's been cancelled now as of today Mm-hmm. Um, MLB also in America that's yeah, been postponed, postponed. Um, Formula One yeah, yeah meant to happen massive. meant to happen you know this weekend actually as of recording so and as well as that Bahrain and Vietnam have both been postponed so it's greater than just the immediate effect of Australia being mm-hmm. cancelled um, then we also look at the UFC The this weekend is the UFC Brasilia that is going to be played behind closed doors and hopefully, fingers crossed, that mid-April, Tony Ferguson and Habib, that's going to be played behind closed doors if it does get played, if it does get uh, the go-ahead. Yeah, so fingers crossed that happens because that's been rearranged way too many times. Um, yes. <laughs> anyway, and uh, there's, it's just stopping sports all over the world. Soccer yeah. as well. Yeah, well, it's real because soccer is such a big sport, but you see the most cases in soccer... Uh, so Rugani, Daniele Rugani, who's yep. a Juventus um, centre-back. Calm hudson Adoy is a winger for Chelsea. Uh, Mikel Arteta, the um, Arsenal coach. coach. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about Juventus. I saw that about 120 people around the club have got the coronavirus, has tested positive for the coronavirus at Juventus. Jeez. It's run through them. It's ridiculous. And I keep going, sorry. Uh, yeah, so, and I think... Three Leicester players got uh, tested for it. I'm not sure what the results of that were. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's really sad what's, what it's doing to not only the world of sports, but to the world. And uh, I'll pass this on to you guys. What do you think is going to be the result on maybe the revenue, the money-earning side of the sport uh, as a result of these being played without fans or the seasons being postponed? I think the effect will clearly be of great magnitude as it is a driving force in the entertainment industry. But I think human welfare comes first and foremost. And ultimately, I think the sports people and leaders around the world have understood that. We saw um, Daniel Ricciardo obviously gutted that he couldn't race at his home Grand Prix. Um, But ultimately understanding that it was the right decision um, had been made and he said I think everyone can understand this is something we've never seen before as he apologised to all the fans that came out to support him at his home Grand Prix um, so ultimately and I think I can personally say I'm glad that everyone's come to the understanding that human welfare comes first and foremost in this sort of situation yeah exactly I personally I think that when I'd say my the greatest knowledge I would have is about AFL in terms of sports um, is if they if it's being played without fans, um, well, first, how's that going to affect the game? Players are used to playing with fans all the time with noise. Um, at the AFLW game today, they were playing music over the speakers. I'm not sure if that was during the game. I'm pretty sure that was 
um, during the halftime so that the girls could have some noise while they're uh, you know, warming up back to play for the second half. Um, and then also, you think about all the revenue that the clubs would earn um, from just the match day tickets. But then I thought, you know, re- the revenue mostly comes from TV. And the amount of people that, be, that will be watching on TV now, especially more, and maybe that will get Foxtel subscriptions or KO subscriptions um, because they'll have access, they'll have to, to watch footy, uh, will just go through the roof. Yeah, definitely. And I just feel like it's so weird for someone like Marlon Pickett. Made his debut in the grand final last year in front of 100,000 people. His second game of AFL footy is in, played in front of zero people. That's just a once in a lifetime What a thing. weird, weird feeling that would be for him. Well, I mean, I'm sure that he's played in a lot of games where there's been, you know, 100 to 1,000 people, you know. Everyone plays, like, junior footy in front of maybe a crowd of 100 max. Mm. So they know what it's like to play without, you know, noise, I guess. But I don't know. You see in the Champions League, there was um, chants getting played through the loudspeakers. Did you see something like that happening in the AFL? I'm not sure to be honest I just feel it's a different expectation when it comes to soccer, especially throughout Europe. Um, crowd and atmosphere is, yeah. such, is such a big thing, especially in the Champions League. It's, um, you could almost describe it as a war between the two fan bases at a Champions League game. Um, so I feel like that's where the compensation was needed to be made, whereas at an AFL game, it'll just be like they're playing an intra-club match or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, again, I'm not sure. I'm not, I yeah, I agree with that. But um, like you look at Travis Cloak when he used to play, he used to play obviously in front of massive crowds, Collingwood prime time. Um, he would practice uh, set shots, listening to sounds of the crowd. And so it must have a massive effect on the players, for better or for worse. I'm not sure we're going to find out in the week coming, but... um. We saw Jeremy Howe make light of the oh, um, yeah. the situation earlier this week, saying that he'll be the most accustomed to the situation considering he played for Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess all players will take it differently depending on the clubs they play for and what they're used to. Well, I've seen some suggestions, say, on Facebook or, and the likes, and uh, something like maybe turn up the umpire uh, mic volume for the uh, watchers at home so that there's maybe... A little bit more uh, crowd noise, uh, noise, noise from the field, and maybe that it would actually make the best of a bad situation where you can get different insights into the game, even though it the players will have to watch themselves because sometimes that does get them into a bit of trouble. The yeah. umpire mics, but um, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it is watching it as a spectator on TV. Just see, like, you watch, like, uh, big Metro games or something like that, and there's, like, I'd say 100 people in the crowd in, the, in Etihad. Yeah. Like, but zero, zero people. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. It's ridiculous. And even, um, it's not going to have an effect just on that. Damien Barrett said during the week as well that clubs are most likely going to have to get replacement players to come play because they're just not going to, uh, you know, when people start getting sick with it and stuff like that, people are going to be quarantined and whatever. Um, they're going to have to get players, top-up players, just like Essendon did after their drug scandal. And that'll be that'll have an interesting effect on the game as well, I feel like. Well, I heard that there was a Herald Sun article, so and uh, the expert that they had said, while round one will go on without 
a crowd, it's most likely that round two will just... There will be a case in the AFL community and round two won't go ahead. Yeah. So... I'm not sure if it's a situation where if players get it, uh, they go out and they get a new player in, or you know, there's the SSP now, so it's much easier. Yeah. To get. I feel in. like we'll see a much more similar approach to what the NBA took uh, compared to what Damien Barrett's suggesting. I don't feel okay. If it gets anywhere close to that many people are getting that many cases are coming up. In AF, with AFL players, I don't think it'll get be allowed to get to the point where um, top-up players are required. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely. Um, Thorny, do you want to go into your uh, random question of the week? All right. A um, bit of a different one to the usual, because usually I like, you know, I have a little bit of a setup, but uh, you know, I was kind of stuck thinking this week, and, you know, I haven't watched a movie in a while, Lack of quality in the movies nowadays. <laughs> so I was thinking, if I had to make a movie, who would my all-star lineup of actors be? So I'd say three actors, boys. Three? Okay. Two, um, or either two female, one male, but just make sure, or two male, one female. Three female. So, no, I'm saying either way that there's... Three people. Wait, does it have to be a female in there? Because yeah, a female wouldn't be in my top three, though. So, it depends what sort of movie that you're making. I think we've got to think of chemistry between the actors and actresses as well. Maybe, yeah. but I don't really know the relationships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you in, in with Hollywood, are you? Do you know? Do you know? Oh, oh, I'm in and out on the buzz, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> All right, uh, Thorny, tell us, tell us, show us give us an person. example. So, if I was to make a movie, it'd be probably a comedy. And, uh... I love him super bad, mm. so I definitely have Jonah Hill in there. He's one of my favourite actors. Uh, more of a comedian actor, but you know, depending on what sort of movie it is, he can change it up. Um, if I type a female actor, it'd be Mila Kunis. Obviously, uh, very beautiful, but uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty easy on the eyes. But she's also a great actor, and she's been in some. She's been in a lot of good comedies. She voices Meg on Family Guy, so. She'd be my female actor, and uh, maybe someone like a uh, like a Ryan Gosling or something. Just like you know, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I, I reckon he's versatile. You know, <laughs> Swiss Army Knife. He's like charming and kind of funny as well. I don't know if it's just the acting, but yeah. That's... What, what else, Fawny? What else is on the Swiss Army Knife? I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> is he like... more of a kitchen knife? Well, maybe like a butcher's knife. <laughs> no, but, you know, some, a bit of a thirst trap for the ladies. Oh, my gotcha. uh, Funny. Uh, can act, obviously. He's been in every sort of movie, so, yeah. yeah no, he's a Swiss I'm, Army knife. I'm following. <laughs> he's a Swiss Army knife. He's a utility, just like me on the footy field, mate. Enough from you, Before we move on, <laughs> let's just go back to that there. Spare him. Chills. Tell me about your I play cast. every position. Just average. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Spare yourself. Chills. Okay. Your cast. All right. So I'm actually just going to scrap the three people because I actually have a top four. Um. So you know you got. You got a top four. You got against the. Uh, yeah, I've the got, against, look, against the grain. Look, I'm not. Look, I've got a cast. So I'm, I'm just going to say this it is Hollywood Harper. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off Leonardo DiCaprio. Like I've got a man crush on him. Favorite actor. Um. Yeah. I can't really. You know, he's just 
Oh, no. Man crush. So he's going straight in. Number one. Number two, Jonah Hill also. Yeah. yeah comedian. Well, oh, sorry. Comedy movie, I should probably state. Comedy yeah. action, I guess. Oh, a bit of comedy action. Yeah. Oh, hybrid. Yeah, it's hybrid. So, you know, Jonah Hill has to be in there if we're talking comedy. If we're also talking comedy, we're talking Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's yeah. just, he's, he, he's actually, I reckon he's the most funniest person I've ever watched in terms of, you know, he plays in The Hangover. Yeah. The Hangover and, um, yeah, obviously he's so <laughs> ridiculously funny. And also running it out, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah I like it. And that is like a mega hangover sort of thing. Yeah, well, you've got Wolf of Wall Street and then also yeah, Hangover. Maybe, so if they would have Wolf of Wall Street and Hangover combined, that'd be a good movie. I don't think it would. Yeah. <laughs> that would like, be interesting. Oh, what would it be? Like, a, like, night, like yeah. a night out for the... With like, Jordan Belfort. Oh, yeah. no. Within, like yeah. one of their nights, one of their... Why New York, Jack? Why not? Moving on. Let's go. Let's get through it. You sort of pinched my man crush, the Bradley Cooper there. So oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck Bradley Cooper in because I've seen him in a few different roles, Bradley, and he's gonna fit in my little crime suspense sort of film I've got going here. So it's a thriller. It's a bit of a thriller. We'll call it that. But we've got Margot Robbie in there because Margot got to love her, the Australian, the Australian. <laughs> <laughs> the Aussie Jackie Who's the third and final Well I've, I've broken the mould a bit Because I've got I've got four So I've got Robert Robbie De Niro The, the old um, the Do you old... guys not care about rules I'm sorry <laughs> I work hard to get These questions every week And you just Throw them to the waistline right? Honestly the old, Just go Just say it The old The old soul Robbie De Niro's got a spot And then um, Finally Because he's just got Best voice on the planet, Matthew McConaughey. You Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Is it? Yeah. Well, is sorry, it? this is gonna break your heart, Thorny. But I've broken the rules. I've got three bales in my car. So be this enough. is. This should be half of a Jack and Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got. I'm creating a mafia movie because I love him. So we got. You love Ro- the mafia. <laughs> mafia movie. So we got, oh, okay. so we've got Robert De Niro as Jack of Stolen Yours. Joe Pesci and Samuel Jackson. Just, oh, that would make a good, good crime, a good Italian crime. Is there like movie. a... Oh, what, Samuel he... Jackson in an Italian mafia <laughs> yes. movie? Is he like a cop? Was he, he, the, cop? Is he the enemy? What, what, he's like, is he the cop? Is he, like, what is he? Yeah. I don't like, that's for Martin Scorsese to work out. Oh, he's just to get Scorsese. Oh, oh, I was thinking a bit of an indie directed myself, sort of. <laughs> I was going to Quentin Tarantino sort of line of... Also... I don't really like him as an actor, but you chuck in The Rock just so you can get a billion box office sales. <laughs> the Rock? It's not a bad approach, is it? <laughs> oh, if I'm picking four, I'll get The Rock in there. <laughs> he can be in there for one minute, and then it'll make up it. It'll just make the movie, you know? How about you two? You two brought up Liverpool last week, and um, we, saw, we saw the Reds go down again. Um, Athleti got the best of it in the Champions League. How are you? How are oh, you look, have you guys recovered? Look, or? I have. I have no comment on you know, the matter at stake, and you know, we'll just move on. We'll win the Premier League, and that will be that. Well, maybe you won't, mate. Because maybe, um, isn't it suspended at the moment? Or is it going to get suspended? It is suspended. It's suspended, yeah. isn't it? I thought so. I believe that was a week today or yesterday. Um, yeah. Well, we, so, we do have. Well, that would hurt, wouldn't it? No, we actually no, have because the, they would have won. Oh, we have the most. I think it'll be have... one of those ones where they give you a league with asterisks next to it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. We, okay. we actually yeah, like, we've ended the league um, so far. With the most amount of points, so. What's sad is that, uh, I believe, something like two wins away, and we would have just. 
But yeah, obviously, now, all jokes aside, actually talking about the Atletico Madrid game, um, lost, what, 3-2 three, 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 two on three, aggregate? 3-2 two, uh, well, no, no, on aggregate. No, 4-2 on aggregate. Yeah. 3-2. I know, come for us. Have your facts right. Yeah, so we lost 3-2. Obviously, the away goals... Yeah, them yeah. Well, they won the game, so they would have they would have yeah. had it anyway. But there's extra time, you know. I've come out of a sack and I've seen that my team's lost, and it's just a horrible feeling because <laughs> I thought we were going to be invincible, winning the Champions League, winning the FA Cup, and it's all gone. But you know, yeah, you talk about. I don't know if it was that game, but did you see what Jurgen Klopp said to that? Yes, it was. It was that game. He, what, we can't say that now because yeah. it's explicit. But uh, well, you know just... what. Those are the sort of precautions that you have to take. So, pretty much if I have to fill in the information, fans were holding out their hands to um, high-five the players as they were walking out of the tunnel. And Klopp asked them if they were explicit idiots because, obviously, the coronavirus that's going around, you have to take any precaution that you can. Um, yeah, I guess you don't you want getting sick, don't want to have any Juventus... To, uh, well, you don't want Klopp to get sick either. Who knows, no, you know? Yeah. It's sad. Um, with the Olympics coming up, that's going to be a massive... I don't, what, I don't know what's going to happen there with the uh, Summer Olympics happening in Tokyo, I think it is. Yeah, um, it's definitely Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> good that you thought about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, that's... I love the Olympics every four years. I love the Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics. So yeah, Winter Olympics are a bit irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, but... but I love the Summer Olympics every four years. And um, I'm just worried that they're going to get cancelled because I love watching them. Also, just sorry to all you Winter Olympics fans out there. <laughs> Jackie was <laughs> one of them, I think. All three of you. Oh, he spit his face up at me, didn't he? A bit of a curling enthusiast, oh, if I do say so. All three of the Olympics fans, and uh, it's just Jack. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, but honestly, well, one, what will that do for Tokyo, the economy of Tokyo? <laughs> Especially because they, they, they would have paid so much money to get it there. Do you know if they built any new stadiums or anything like that? I don't know exactly, but I'm sure they were. I'm sure they would have had to. They would have had to. They go all out for these kind of events all around the world, particularly Japan. So, I'd... Well, I mean, personally, you know, it's a thing, it's... it's Bad, especially because it's the thing that comes once every four years. You know, it's the sort of thing that you look forward to, the Olympics. Even though, me necessarily, I would have nothing to buy into. I don't know any of the athletes realistically. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's something that, like, kids can look up to. You know, it's a thing that, no matter where it is, everyone in the community um, gets around it. So, yeah, exactly. Well, for you boys, are there any particular events that, like, over the years you've got special memories watching or have taken an odd interest to? Uh, it's, I think everyone's favourite, the 100 metre sprint, Usain Bolt, putting up the fingers. I just, I think that's, uh, everyone that can remember the times of he, he wins the sprints at the Olympics. Yeah, um, women's pole vault, 2012. Just have vivid memories of watching that. <laughs> Name, name the year of it as well. So the, the London Olympic Games women follow, and you like it. You just what day was that played on? <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was, it, 
lonely Thursday night. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, I don't mind watching High Jump. High Jump, yeah. Oh, no, I, love, I love, obviously, the athletes getting up there. Obviously, Stark. you got Mitchell Stark's brother. I don't actually quite know his first name. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you got Stark, his brother, getting a gig. You'll be representing Australia. I sure would love to hear that if he's... <laughs> if he's watching Get out of here Get Mitchell Stark's Brother in the audience what, Also What does this mean For um, Mario and Sonic At the Tokyo Olympic Games Because uh, That was a bit of a classic in the, Back in the day Mario <laughs> <laughs> the Mario and Sonic On the DS <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to miss out this year. Yeah I was a bit of a beast At the javelin <laughs> Jackie What was your favourite event I, I love the pole vault as well I remember old Steve Hooker With the luscious ginger locks <laughs> Um, oh, no, he, no, 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 he won gold for Australia one or two times, so, gotta love Steve. <laughs> yeah, um, and then there, obviously, the basketball in the, I love, I love watching the basketball, um, at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, because, you know, Australia, they're pretty good at basketball. Yeah, we're, we're getting there, we're, we're getting, getting around there. the mark. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're building a strong team, uh, you know, a couple of young blokes as well getting into the side. Uh, a guy named Josh Giddy, I believe, chills. <laughs> 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 chills, I heard you played with him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't play with him. 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 I I heard uh, he dominated him uh, in the paint. <laughs> Specifically in the paint. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit going on about on social media about that. Uh, yeah, you're looking at that. Yeah, Honestly, if you ask me, Chill should be uh, signed for Adelaide 36ers. <laughs> no, but congratulations to him. He's, oh, what is he, 17 okay. years old? 18 yeah, years well, same age as us. Yeah, yeah. so, and he's um, got a contract in... Yeah, the NBL. In the NBL, so um, yeah, congratulations so much. Future, amazing. Uh, yeah, he's already represented the Boomers as well. He yeah. played against Hong Kong, I think. He had 11, 11 points. I reckon he had about eight assists as well. I mean, he had a pretty good debut. Yeah. Would add two if you were playing. Yeah, so I think we'll just try and find a few more sports people that Chills have played against here for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, I, I, we'll, see him, we'll see everyone again next week with another sports person that Chills has played against. I think we've got to do some research for this week. Surely we've got a couple idea about... Oh, cool. okay, we'll, we'll try and get around to it. We'll have a chat about it, yeah. Uh, and I think that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you and join in next week. See ya.